Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Terry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast today. Today we're going to talk about five things your wife really wants but can't tell you. The reason I wanted to do this is because Chad and I have worked with newly married couples for about a decade. It has been our joy and privilege, although it hasn't been all sunshine and sandy beaches. Those early years can be tumultuous, so we listen. We encourage, sometimes we cry, we pray, and we offer our best truth-bearing advice. In addition, we pull up to the table with 26 years under our belts. We started in a tiny blue house working five part-time jobs between us and no air conditioning in the Texas heat. And those are treasured memories. There were zero aspirations for the crazy life that we currently live. What we did want was to make it. In fact, we selected the most godly man we knew, Dr. James Shields, scary, hard professor. But there was something about him. At that time in our lives, Chad and I could not put our fingers on what made us revere him so. We knew he loved Jesus. All the qualities came across in small university life. We knew he'd done his family right, not perfection. That wasn't it. It wasn't just his integrity. It wasn't just his ruthless knowledge of the Bible or his passion. That came through. I think today we understand it to have been a complete and total security and confidence in the sovereignty of God and utter trust in the absolute truth of God's word. We did our marriage counseling with him and he asked us in the nitty gritty of it all what we wanted him to wear, a suit or his robes. For he had these very stately, scholarly robes. Well, it was not a question for both of us. Marriage is covenant commitment. We wanted it in a church by the most godly man thinkable in the most solemn attire he owned because we wanted more than anything a marriage that honored God and endured until death do us part. We didn't have a clue how to do that though when we walked out of there but sort of assumed we would just know how to love each other in the process. Let's face it, most of us are just completely clueless about how to love our spouses when we enter marriage. In fact, a good number of us remain dumbfounded far too long. I certainly don't have it all figured out. Not in the least. But after 25 plus years of marriage and countless conversations with young brides, I've learned a thing or two about what a wife really wants from her husband, but can't say. I have also lived out the benefits from a spouse who is not anywhere close to perfect and has not lived these things out in perfection, but who has spent the large part of his life trying to get this right, who has been intentional about his marriage and his family. I have made that man fight for every spot of progress we have made. And honestly, we may take two steps forward and 15 back. I am a mess in some areas and so is he. But to any man confused about what his wife really wants, here are five big ones she can't tell you. Number one, complete surrender. Above all else, a Christian wife really wants her husband to love God most. She's not looking to take a back seat to your affection. She simply understands the importance of complete and 
total surrender to Jesus Christ. It's where you learn to live selflessly, to be completely trustworthy, to lead her and love her as Christ loves the church. There is a tremendous message to marriage partners in Ephesians 5, and we really often get bent out of shape about the submit part. Most of the harsh word is directed towards the males. Ephesians 5.22 goes like this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. This is really hard when you look at it for what it is. Are you serious? Jesus is commanding the husband to love his wife in such a way that it is likened to presenting the church before God in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Uh, How in the world are you going to do that without divine intervention? God takes seriously this business of loving your wife. He knows it's not natural, but it can be done in concert with him. Your wife wants nothing more than your complete surrender first to Jesus Christ. There is a settling and security that occurs in your marriage when this is in place. Your priorities change. Your countenance changes. A husband who commits his life's passion in word and deed to Christ becomes a more compassionate version of himself. In essence, when a man begins to love Jesus passionately, he will begin to love his wife differently. It's a natural outflow of the gospel lived out in relationships. This is how God set it up. He designed it this way. But she can't tell you she wants you to completely surrender to Jesus Christ. Honey, I really think you need to follow Jesus more. What's she supposed to say? That's too confrontational and it will backfire and it's really not worth the risk. Instead, she will pray. She will encourage you to join that men's Bible study or suggest you go to church this weekend. She's not really trying to be bossy or to take you away from your rest and relaxation. If you will lead her in godliness, looking out for her best interests rather than what it's in it for you, she will gladly give you the honor and respect you so desire. The husband will need to take the lead. She can poke, she can prod, she can pray, but she cannot turn you into the leader of your home who loves Jesus passionately in complete surrender. You begin this journey towards this end, your marriage will change. Number two is only number two because everything flows out of your commitment to Jesus. We really have no power to do anything right or good without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Therefore, we need number one to perform number two. Number two is keep your promises. A close second is your absolute fidelity. Unless you want to destroy her trust and make a knockdown gorgeous bride question her worth, don't cheat on her. Don't cheat on her. Don't cheat on her. Not in person, not on a computer, not in your head, not today, not tomorrow, not next month, not next year, never. This is a non-negotiable our society has offered as a normal course of the marriage baggage. That's absurd. She doesn't hear it didn't mean anything to you that it was the alcohol and general stupidity. She hears, I don't love you enough to be faithful today or ever. I could do it again because I lie and I cheat and I have poor judgment. I have no intention of keeping my promises to you. You are not enough. Our society doesn't even call this infidelity a moral wrong. Instead, they say, I made a mistake. No, you committed a sin and broke a covenant relationship you made before 
before God and man. Honestly, I don't even know why this one has to be on the list at all. This one to me is beyond stupid. She shouldn't have to tell you this one, except God needed it to be on his list to us too. In fact, we all too quickly are unfaithful to him in a thousand ways. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The word calls us then to guard it. Proverbs 4, 23 calls us to guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs specifically addresses this particular trail of behavior and issues warnings. Proverbs 6.27 offers this. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. This one just doesn't go away. It's a biblical deal breaker, and and I'm sorry, doesn't fix it. Be stupid about something else. Number three, delight in her alone. Everything is connected in the heart and the mind of a woman. Or haven't you noticed? What you say, listen to, and choose to watch is connected to your trustworthiness, your character, and your love for her. What your wife really wants is for you to delight in her her and her alone. Not the cute waitress. Don't comment or follow with your eyes. Not the old girlfriend you still keep up with on Facebook. By the way, unfriend all past relationships. Unfriend their friends. You're married. Not the gorgeous colleague at work. Don't hang out with her. Don't laugh at her jokes. Don't sit with her in the hallway. Be rude. Stay away from her. It's okay. Not the scantily clad movie star. Abstain. Don't go see the movie. Not the porn. Absolutely not. Your bride walked the eye for the fairy tale. In her fairy tale, you're the star. She wants your eyes only on her, your affection only for her. But she can't tell you that. She tries, but instead she is encouraged to accept your weakness to look and long. Looking is every man's struggle. We're going to look. It's how God made us. So they say. No, it's not. God did not make you to look at enticing women that you're not married to. That's called temptation. Its power over man was beaten at the cross. Proverbs 16 25 speaks to this directly. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. And then Jesus clears anything that might have been confusing about that matter up in Matthew 5, 27 and 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. We are without excuse when it comes to temptation. That includes flirtation. We should not be participating participating in it. That becomes sin. 1 Corinthians 10 13 helps us in this matter. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. In this matter, God was nice enough to meet your desires by giving you a wife. Your wife is the only place of freedom for your eyes. Anything else is sin. She wants you to delight in her alone because she knows it's all connected. But she can't say anything because she's afraid you don't get it or you're not willing to get it enough to stop delighting in everyone else. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard my man tell me he delights in me across the 20 years of our marriage. But I still want it more. I still need it more. I continue to want to know that I am enough. Please, delight in the wife you've been given. She is enough. 
Number four, help without asking. You know where this is going, or maybe you don't, and that's the problem. I know few Christian women who spend their days doing whatever they want. Okay, I know zero. At the end of the day, there is still work to be done every single day. She needs your help. Actually, she wants your participation. She doesn't want to tell you what to do. You are a reasonably intelligent adult. This is not rocket science. She is not your mother. If the job is not done, it needs to be. Just do it. Check with her about her laundry, though. That could be a different story. Now, we, the female counter parts are not good about this one. We don't really know how to navigate getting you to help without being bossy and motherly. You need to help her navigate you. Have a discussion. Honey, I want to help without you having to ask me or tell me what to do. I can see blah 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 needs to be done most every day, but what's the best way to help? At the end of the day, what makes it easiest to accomplish what needs to be done? Something like that. It may take several starts and restarts. She might not know how to take this. You might do it wrong. (laughs) She also might not appreciate the responsibilities being heavily on her, especially if she works outside the home also, or has picked up the same bucket of toys 40 times that day. If you haven't heard or seen Tim Hawkins sing, I'll clean up for you, that man gets it. (laughs) He's been married quite a while, so he gets it. I'll attach it to the website and link it to my social media, but it's true and he's funny. This is a huge need and she needs your help. She wants this aspect of life together to be shared. You may be surprised what good comes from your unsolicited participation. Number five, frequent conversations. Your wife can't tell you she wants you to pay attention to her and appreciate her as a person and that she desires your friendship. Instead of evenings separated by sports, video games, and phones, she longs for good conversation. She just wants to talk to you and wants you to talk to her. When other things are going on within the environment, she wants to take precedent. Don't give in to the TV or the kids or the phone or whatever else is going on. Otherwise, you are communicating loud and clear. is not important without saying any words. Eventually, she may stop talking to you. She will begin to feel far less important as part of the environment, not the partner she was created to be, and you won't have any idea what's wrong with her. She might even say, you don't listen to me. And you will stop and try to think, what do you mean? Because you can't remember a time she was trying to talk to you and you didn't listen to her. Well, if she can't compete with everyone else and all the distractions, then she might have stopped trying. And thus, she thinks you aren't listening even when she's not talking. So it gets a little confusing. It's not unusual and it can kind of go both ways. But this podcast is for husbands. So let me encourage you. Let me make this suggestion. When you come in uh, from the day, put the technology away. Set it aside at least an hour every evening. Leave it away from the table at dinner. No TV over dinner. Only table conversations allowed. Talk about the day. What you really want to do in the future or what you've been reading. Be interested and listen. Be encouraging. Understand she wants to know you. She is your biggest ally and friend. It will become a pattern 
pattern you will look forward to experiencing and your kids will grow into it. I realize in these moments, I've been fairly dogmatic. Please forgive my candor, but the days are indeed evil. The enemy seeks to destroy you. Your bride and your marriage are worth fighting for. Chad and I have been fighting for our marriage for 26 years. Nothing is on autopilot and we will continue to have to fight. I also understand I primarily write and speak to a female audience. This is directed towards a male audience. It may only get 5% of the airplay and circulation I normally experience, but if the truth of God's word can bring healing and wholeness to a searching husband who's trying to figure this whole thing out and didn't know where to turn, glory to God, you now have five things to strive towards. Or if you are looking for direction for how do we prioritize our marriage? What do we aim towards? What needs to be said? Maybe you just want to listen or download it or discuss it as a couple and talk through it. Whatever. Use it as a tool to strengthen your marriage and be encouraged in ways it can reflect a biblical pattern. These are practical principles laid out in plain language. I pray this short list brings clarity to at least some to the mysterious workings of the love of your life. May your marriage be God-honoring and your greatest joy on this planet. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing our resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.